it was definitely like a trapdoor that moment that um, I received advice I was about to be arrested and charged and as a former police officer that mm. I guess um, brought with it a, an enormous amount of shame as well mm. to be arrested yes and charged taken to a watch house and fingerprinted listening to the together podcast a podcast i think that you will enjoy so no matter how you found your way here welcome this is our very first episode so really uh excited about some of the surprises that you're going to find as you listen now what is this podcast about it's something a little bit unique i feel in what it's trying to do well first of all It's a time for personal contemplation. Church attendance is in decline. There's many reasons for this, but I think this this void has been left in our society. While there may be a level of discontent with what church has become in the formalized service, there's still a need for setting aside time to rest, to celebrate, to reflect and be together. And this podcast is designed to do that. I'd love your feedback and ideas of how we can try and achieve this together. Now, that name is not coincidental, Together Podcast, because church is all about community. And we're encouraging you, while you might listen to this on your own, Later on, during the week, you can get together with a group of friends, with your family, and discuss some of these themes. You could do this even uh, in a messenger chat or in a more formalized way. You could invite people around for a meal, get a video call, or just casually in person as you go about your week. You can email us, Haven Together. .com's our website to send us a message. Haven on the internet at gmail.com email address. If you would like some suggested discussion questions or if you're looking for an online group, start by reflecting on Psalm 40 verses 5 to 10. O Lord my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out. As you, O Lord, well know, I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. 
I've talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I've told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. I wonder if there's anything in that psalm that was interesting to you, that stood out. For me, it's this idea that God already knows what our, what is in our heart. That line in verse 9, I have not been afraid to speak out as you, O Lord, well know. There's no point trying to be something we're not, trying to fake it. What we do should be a reflection of what's really going on inside. And if we don't like that, it's an invitation for us to let God change our hearts. Because I don't know what your experience has been, but it's very difficult to do any sort of changing on our own. We need each other. And we need God's Spirit, ultimately. The good news is that we can invite Him to do that. Today we're discussing God doesn't want us to be religious. Another one of the themes in that psalm that Sacrifice was not what God really wanted. God's looking for acts flow out of the joy to be found in who God is and what he's done. First, let's take some time to still our thoughts and listen to this song. Thanks, Cam. Till I could see that I was worse 
was always one of the blameless Or at least it's what I believed I never thought I could have been blinded Till I could no longer see Till I could no longer see Question to consider this week. What have you done something out of duty? What was it that kept you going with that task? Perhaps it was a work situation. You were told that you had to do it. And how did acting out of duty affect your heart towards that activity and towards the people you are working for or with. It was a privilege this week to speak with Andrew Antonelli. He's got a fascinating, quite inspiring life story full of ups and downs. So let's listen to that interview now. Andrew, uh, thank you for agreeing to chat with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Pleased uh, to be here. Well, and we're pleased to have you. It's uh, thank you. You're our first guest. Wow. Um, believe it or not, in the current format we're trying. So I feel honoured. You are going to set a high standard, I'm sure. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, you've had a very interesting life, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, could you just give people that? Uh, don't know you or maybe only know a little bit about you mm-hmm. just a quick summary of that life so far well probably the greatest challenge in my life has been the last um three or four years but um prior to that i i, I grew up here in ipswich um attended school here and then uh, upon leaving high school i went and became a police officer with the queensland police service did that for about um 11 years mm before uh, running for council at Lipswich City Council back in 2000 um, and was elected. Mm-hmm. And I was a councillor up until, uh, for the central area of Ipswich, up until 2017 when I was elected mayor of the city of Ipswich mm-hmm. after, at a by-election after the mayor uh, resigned. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I guess uh, about six to eight months later, that's when 
everything went south. Mm. No, that was a, a hard time. But before we get to that, what was your motivation for entering politics? Well, it's interesting. Um, in many respects, it was the same reason why I became a police mm. officer. Um, I've always had, and uh, uh, well, as long as I can remember, this pull, this urge to um, commit myself to others, to to the community, and and mm. um, and do things that I know would benefit the community. And that's where the idea of policing um, came from, mm. and that was from an early age. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until about five to seven years into my career with the police that I started to feel this pull towards um, local government. Mm. And um, what would you say you're most proud of during your time in local government? Oh, I'm, I'm proud of many things. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I'm certainly proud of is the fact that um, I've always been approachable, always been mm. uh, out there willing to help people. I've always had this view that um, to be a leader, you've got to be one of the ones to set an example. And that often means rolling up your own sleeves and, mm. and doing the job mm. that needs to be done. Um, you know, they're some of the, the things I, I felt very proud of mm -hmm. um, personally, but um, I, it doesn't really matter how many things you build, how many um, parks you improve or roads and footpaths you put in place. It, it's probably just um, the thing that I've always been proud of is this... Um, well, more importantly, has been my honesty and, and integrity mm. during that entire time um, and always being there when people have needed me. Mm. Well, people that, you know, speak about you and who knew you, mm. you certainly attest to, to that. And Well, I, I, it was something that uh, my parents instilled in me from mm. a very young age was that um, that need to commit myself to others, do a good deed every day, uh, always be there when somebody needs a hand and and always yeah. um, put your honesty and integrity um, out there mm. to be tested. So it would have come as a bit of a shock, I imagine, uh, when everything started happening? Um, Tom, to be honest, it was like a trap door opening and really? I just fell like um, down an endless pit. And it was, very, it was a dark time, very dark for mm. me. So it was that sudden, like a trapdoor. Yeah, it. Um, within, within moments, you were the mayor of Ipswich. And the next minute, well, I had an inkling. I mean, for those who are unaware, um, I was charged with offences of fraud, mm. um, which were were rubbish, and yeah. and I was able to prove that they were rubbish. But, um, and whilst I had an inkling that the Triple C had targeted me, mm. um, I always felt confident that. Um, my honesty and integrity would be the shining light that would save me. Yes. Um, and um, you're, it, like I said, it was definitely like a trapdoor. That moment that um, I received advice, I was about to be arrested and charged. And as a former police officer, that, mm. I guess, um, brought with it a, an enormous amount of shame as well mm. to be arrested yes. and charged taken to a watch house and fingerprinted. It was... Um, um, Would it be surreal? Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. Um, to a degree, I sort of felt like I was outside myself yes. looking at, at what was happening to me. And it was... Um, um, it really affected me deeply and, 
and um, you know even talking about it now I just um, it, it brings a lump to my throat mm. yeah that was um, uh, May of 2018 so mm. that's four years ago um, I guess in many respects what this did what this event if you like to call it that did was it my life stopped pretty much at that time in, in the point that um, it had been go, go, go. My job yeah. was a, you know, very rarely would I work any less than 80 hours a week. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden it was just like a sudden stop. An ability to look around and see um, what I was missing. Mm-hmm. I always thought that I was a Christian. I always felt that I was Christian. I always acted as a Christian, but I never actually truly grasped what a Christian was yeah. and the, the surrender, the full surrender to Jesus and more importantly, that ability to have that, that one-on-one relationship with Jesus. And it was at that point mm. that I realised what was actually missing in my life was I wasn't making time for Christ. Mm-hmm. I thought I was a Christian, but I wasn't being a true Christian in that I'd not fully surrendered and relied upon Christ in my life. Mm. Um, and if there is one good thing to come out of what happened to me, it is that. And mm. as a result of that, um, my life has had a, a completely different focus. That's not to say that at that point in time things got better. No. They didn't. It was still a test. It was still a trial. Um, And ultimately that trial went on for nearly four years. And um, Tom, I've got to say to you, there were times when, and I I have said it publicly and I say it again, uh, I actually truly believe that I'm lucky that I'm here. Yep. Because there were moments when I could have done something, mm-hmm. uh, I could have committed self-harm, if you like, or, or uh, something worse. Mm. And it was because of my ability to lay my troubles at Christ's feet and put my entire trust in him that probably saved me, together with my children, my my girls, my yes. family, yes. who pulled me out of those, mm-hmm. um, out of the pit from time to time when I needed to. Yeah. In those moments when you went to God with, with what you're going through, what was it about you know, your faith that that got you through? Oh, I I think particularly I I had a um, I had a moment uh, in prayer after doing my daily devotions, which. I sort of call my road to Damascus moment. It was my, my Jesus moment, mm-hmm. the time when I felt him. Yeah. And what, what was that like? Oh, well, to me, it was like um, I, I actually felt like I was levitating. Mm. I was in prayer, and I, I heard the these series of voices. It was the one voice, but it was um, um, like it. Um, a thousand voices at the same time mm. but it was the one it was the one voice if you understand where I'm coming from with your ears or was it sort of I yeah I, I, I felt it um, mm. in in my head mm. and um, 
And at that very moment, it was like a, a download mm-hmm. of all those um, those positive verses of the of the diary. Uh, in particular, um, the one in Jeremiah that I have a plan mm-hmm. um, for you, a plan for good, um, and. It, it was like I was receiving all those good verses all at once with the one voice, but all in one brief five, seven second period. Mm-hmm. And I actually felt at that time that I was almost levitated mm-hmm. off my seat. Wow. Um, and uh, it, it was a very emotional moment. So whenever I felt down mm-hmm. at any time um, after that, I brought my mind back to that moment and, and just knew that... Um, he had it under control. Mm. Everything was under control. Mm. And that gave me confidence. Mm. What would you say to people going through a hard time? From what you've been through, probably as hard a time as anyone could go through, yeah. what would you say to someone? Look, I, I'd say uh, no matter where you're at in your life, if you ever have one of those moments or, or have a, you're in a season of hurt, pain, suffering, whatever it might be that you're struggling with, just know that when you're at your weakest, Jesus, God, is at his strongest. And you can always go to them with your troubles. You can lay them at um, Christ's feet and he will represent us. He will take on that battle for us. He is our shelter, our refuge in times of trouble, in times of crisis. So I would say to anyone who is struggling again it might be the toughest season you've ever been in just feel confidence that you can take your troubles to jesus and and he will help you have that confidence to do that mm. thanks andrew for for speaking with me today it's been a pleasure and thank you for allowing me to share i'm sure good things are ahead how do you feel about the future oh, i'm excited um i don't rightly know what my future holds at this point in time but i trust god has continued to have a plan for good for me. Not the end of the story yet. It's not the end of the story yet, no. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Tom. Thanks. When you've got nowhere else to turn, God is there. I want to thank Andrew for sharing so honestly. If you've got an encouragement or a question for Andrew, you can pass that on to him through us. More than happy to do that. Harry's going to share a thought with us now. Notice what she says at the end about inner change. I'm uh, reading then from Luke 13, verses 6 to 9, and this is the parable of the barren fig tree. Verse 6, then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertiliser. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. I think the point of the story is that Jesus is looking for good fruit or good results in our lives. 
And when a fruit tree has the right conditions, it will naturally produce good fruit, just as our lives will produce good fruit if we have the right environment to grow in, that is being in community with other Christians, and we spend time in God's presence and in the reading the Bible, which is God's word. Then the Holy Spirit will produce good fruit in our lives without us having to struggle to do it. The Holy Spirit does the work within us without us having to struggle. It is going to pray for us now. I invite you to pray along with him. And if you've got a prayer request, you can send that in to us. Just let us know whether you'd like us to pray for it confidentially or for us to pray for you by your first name on this podcast. Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for, for what you're doing, for what you're creating, for what you're growing, for what you're renewing, for what you're releasing, Father God. We just, we just think of, of the people in Switch and Brisbane and, and beyond that are struggling with, with the recent floods, the uncertainty, Father God, the worry and the fear and the concern. But Lord, we know that, that you conquered. You conquered it on the you conquered it on the cross. You conquered it in the grave. You're in the world. And Father, we just we just ask that you would touch each and every person that, that listens to this, that they they'd really be blessed by this. Father, not just a, as a one-off, but as, as something more. Lord, we just thank you for Andrew giving of his time to share his journey of, of that, that opportunity and that time when his whole world stopped. And his story isn't finished, Father God, but you're writing it the way you want it to end. And Lord, help us to, to be reminded of that throughout the week as we reflect upon what's been shared through through Sister Carrie in her reading, Father God, through the songs, Father God, through the testimonies that, that have been going on. And, Lord, we're just beginning to see the beginning of what you have for us as your children, as we're devoted and caring and loving and needing, Father. But help us to also be reminded of the world outside in the community of Ipswich, of southeast Queensland and beyond. Help us to be that, that man, that woman, that child that's so passionate and so loving of you, Father. Help us to, to listen and help us to be that, that person of peace through, through these troubled times of the floods. But, Father God, also us to be that, that, that person of peace where people start to ask questions and wonder why we are called and, and chosen for times such as this. And Lord, why we have such a blessed hope and, and reassurance in, in the things to come. Father, that we're not worried about the situations in the world, but Lord, we know that, that with you we'll get through it. And Lord, we think of our, our brothers and our sisters in Ukraine. And we pray your peace, Father God. We pray, pray that a peace treaty would start to to come into act, Father God, and, and we speak that. We speak life over Ukraine this evening, Father God. We speak life and prosperity into you, Ukraine, Father God, that, that whatever they're facing, Father God, with the deaths of, 
and everything, and all the terrible stuff that we hear about, that we read about, that we see. Father God, help this situation that's happening in you, you in Ukraine be be turned around, Father God, and and that you you be glorified through this season and through this situation. We just thank you for these things, Lord. And Lord, we're excited and help us to run. Help us to run and continue to run this race that you have set out before us. In Jesus' name. So uh, let's close with these words from the second book of Corinthians, chapter 13, verses 11 and 14. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to the Together podcast, our first episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Remember, discuss this with with people in your life because growth happens best in community. Perhaps you'd like to start with joining our Facebook group. Just search Haven Together to find your way there. Everyone has different gifts and perspectives. The truth is we miss out if only a few voices are heard. So if you'd like to contribute something to this podcast, you can do that and we encourage you to do so by sending us a message via haventogether.com or you can email us havenontheinternet at gmail.com and really, if you're listening to this podcast, we would consider you part of our community therefore encourage you to contribute to the content of this podcast trust this has been a meaningful time for you god bless you this week do you know anyone who might appreciate this podcast please share the link with them